Hi, everybody. Paul here on the NPE podcast, the WWJS version. What would Jesus say? This is where we kind of try to take the Bible and work it into daily context. My friend Zariem joining me today. With a little song called Losing My Religion. Losing my religion in the song actually is a southern term about losing your temper or something like that. But I I love it in the context of talking about the religion of today. Have I said enough? We need to lose some of our religion in in, uh, culture today, I believe. So that's why I brought a little REM to join me today, and I'll fade that out. But glad you're with me on what I call the WWJS uh, part of the nonpartisan evangelical podcast, npepodcast.com, uh, is what would Jesus say if he were on earth today? He, how would he look at the evangelical church and what would be his compliment or critique of it? That's what we like to talk about on this part of the podcast. I also have my WTH this weekly this happened podcast part of it and then and then Ashley and I have the Paul and Ashley podcast as well so the different things we do but what I like to look at is this idea when Jesus came to earth the first time we read about it in the gospels in the bible he did not have good things to say to the good religious people of the culture and and the reason is cuz they missed the purpose of God in the season so i I've, I've long thought if Jesus were on earth today what would his version of what he would say to the church be? And would it equally be as critical as it was then? I think it's very easy for Christians to say, nah, of course not. Of course it wouldn't be. Those were the Pharisees. They were evil, horrible people. But the truth is the Pharisees were the good people of the culture. They were the rule keepers, the law followers. They were the ones that had the right political affiliation, that wanted to see the government overthrown so it could become a more, air quote fingers here, godly government. The evil Roman government, the pagan government had come in and taken over and their country had been taken away. How do I know this is the Pharisees? Uh, and, and thought that the good religious leaders of the day, that, that would be their thoughts. Well, let me read in the book of John, an, an interesting story in the gospel of John, that the Pharisees were talking about the fact that they're going to have to kill Jesus. Yeah, I mean, right there, if you're a religious leader and you're like, okay, we have to destroy this person's reputation because they're saying bad things about us. We have to fire back. If you get that feeling and I'll talk about how I saw that in action on my Facebook page this week. If you do that, then you have to think, is my heart in the right place? But the Pharisees were so deep into believing that God's purpose was to overthrow the government so that Israel could be restored to its former greatness, that when they saw Jesus doing his thing and and him calling them out, they decide, well, we're going to have to kill Jesus. And they've been plotting some time for killing Jesus. And as they're having this conversation, this amazing thing happens. They start to talk about the fact that, hey, we're going to have to kill Lazarus too. Remember that guy that Jesus raised from the dead that's walking around now that was dead in this grave and now is walking around? Well, people are really excited about that and they love Jesus because they see Lazarus walking around. So we're going to have to kill him too. I mean, think about that. Think about if you're a religious leader of the day and you you truly believe 
that people believe that Lazarus has been raised from the dead and Jesus may have been the guy that did it. And now you're saying, I'm, we're going to have to kill that guy so we can kill the hopes of the people so they don't get too much hope. If Jesus raised that guy from the dead once, do you think he could do it again? And then you're really in trouble or you don't even think about that. But but let me tell you where their thought process was in all of this. And, and it's in the book of John, chapter 11, uh, verse 48. Let me get to the English Standard Version on here. Um, so they're talking about killing Jesus. They're going to have to kill Lazarus as well. Uh, because people were believing in them. And so it says here, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do for this man performs many signs? If we let him, Jesus, go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And now hear this, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. This was the mindset of the Pharisees. If we don't stop Jesus from doing what he's doing, then the Romans are going to hear about it and they're going to take our positions away and they're going to take our nation away. That was that was the thought process of the Pharisees. They were the ones holding everything together. If they didn't do their political mindset stuff, Israel would go away forever and Rome would swallow them up and this evil government would prevail. They were the only thing. God had no ability in the midst of this to do anything to help them. So how, how does this tie in with where we are today? I wrote a, a blog on this. You can read on my website at npepodcast.com. And it's called The Danger of a Political Mindset. If we start to believe that our political power is what's keeping God's purpose intact, then we start to say things like this. This is the most important election in American history. I've heard that about every election that I voted in since my first voting time in 1980. There was always in every election, every two years, and certainly in every presidential election every four years, do you not hear some Christian leader saying, this is the most important election in the history of America? Because if we don't vote right, they're going to come and take our position and take our country. What Jesus said about the Pharisees was this, you can look at the sky and know the weather, but you don't know the signs of the times. Because you've missed God's purpose in the season, because of your political beliefs that have been married with your religion, you've missed the fact that the Messiah is standing right in front of you. Because you believe the Savior of God's plan in the season is a military man to come and overthrow the government, a mighty man who can overthrow the government. Do we have any belief in that in the evangelical church today? Is there a part of us saying, oh, if we can just get the right president in there who can overturn abortion, who can overturn gay marriage, who can push back political correctness, who can save us from immigration, illegal immigration. If we could just find that guy, we will forgive any other malfeasance that he does because that is what's important. And if we don't stand for that, we will lose our place and lose our country, realizing or failing to realize that Jesus said exactly the opposite. I want to tell you more around the issue of taxes in just a bit, but first let me tell you uh, a real quick thing about uh, how I would love to have you help partner with Ashley and me on this mission to share this message, that the gospel of, of the Bible, the story of heaven, is too important to let it get swamped 
by politics. I'm talking to so many people every day these days through my job with the nonpartisan evangelical who have said, we used to go to church, but we can't go anymore because our politics don't line up with the church's politics. That ought to break our hearts. People who were Sunday school teachers, board members, don't go to church anymore because their politics don't line up with the church's politics. And if you want to help me get that message out and be able to bring some healing of the gospel to people who have felt marginalized by the politics of the church, I want you to help. And I want, and you can do it through our Patreon site. For as little as $5.99 a month, you can sign up and be a part of our discussion groups, our private Facebook groups, get just some uh, weekly insights from me that you wouldn't get otherwise. And that'll help us out and we'll love you for that. But what we really want is to sign up 300 Patreon people in our community at the $12.99 a month level. And when you sign up at the $12.99 a month level, it'll be kind of fun. Ashley and me, we just uh, went to Santa Barbara and on our way home, we recorded our thoughts of what was going on in our lives right now. And we're going to do that on a, a regular basis, hopefully a, a weekly basis, but but certainly a couple of times a month. And you can only hear those by signing up at our Patreon community at $12.99 a month. I'll tell you how to do it in just a second. I'll also tell you, as you're considering helping us financially, we also have a level in there at $26.99 a month in which every quarter you'll get like a t-shirt from us or something cool. It's just a little opportunity to help at a little higher level. And for some of you who are able, uh, we would love for you to be our champions and support us at $100 a month. That's $1,200 a year. That will just make a world of difference to the people out there who want to hear this message and help us go. So would you do that? So here's how you do it. Go to patreon.com slash NPE podcast, nonpartisan evangelical, N as in Nancy P-E, NPE podcast, patreon.com slash NPE podcast, or you can go to my website, npepodcast.com and hit the partner with us button at the upper right-hand corner, and it'll tell you how you can sign up to be a part of our Patreon community. And it'll make all the difference in the world to me and to Ashley and help us continue to do this and share this with people. So would you do that? $5.99 a month will help us a lot. You'll get in our discussion groups. You'll know when we have a live discussion group, we had one a week ago and it was amazing and so much fun. And we're going to do that on kind of a monthly basis. But if you go to the $12.99 level, we'll have some more fun with you. You get a chance to win some swag and some different things. I'll even send you a free autographed copy of my book, which costs $12.99. So that means it's really free because you're getting the book for free with your monthly subscription. But also, you're just really going to help perpetuate the mission and get to hear the Paul and Ashley podcast. So I'd like for you to go over there and check it out. NPE podcast, excuse me, patreon.com slash NPE podcast or the website npepodcast.com and hit that partner with us button. So what about taxes? One of the one of the big political issues of the day when Jesus was on earth in the flesh was about taxes. They felt the taxes were wrong uh, there was very onerous taxes on the Roman government from Israel for their occupation. Um, and then they signed up Jewish brothers to do the tax collection. And those tax collectors basically had a license to steal. They could, they would mark up the tax collection and they would keep the difference. So guys like Zacchaeus, Matthew, who ended up being a disciple, these guys were hated passionately by the good people of culture uh, and felt they were 
allowed to do that because these taxes were so horrible. And so it was an ongoing conversation. And so one of the things the Pharisees wanted to do with Jesus is they wanted to marginalize him. They either wanted to get the Romans ticked off at him by him saying, you're right, we shouldn't have to pay these taxes. Or they wanted to get his people upset at him by saying, yep, we should pay the taxes. And and so they would come to him with these questions. Jesus, what do you think of the taxation from Rome? And instead of allowing himself to be marginalized. Now, first, think about yourself and what your response is to taxes. What is the going Christian mindset on taxes? Ah, we should vote against Democrats in California. I hear this all the time because they're the tax and spenders. They're horrible. They're they're ruining the state of California. And, and mind you, I would probably say our taxes are too high. But is our, is our trust in our ability as a political voting block to try to turn California red, which I've actually heard some of our prophetic people say is God's plan for the season, which I disagree with very strongly. I, I, I've prayed for California for a long time. I love it as much as anybody does. And never once has God said, my solution for California is getting Republicans elected. Not once. Never has that been his solution. I'm not saying he wants Democrats to be elected either. I'm saying the party in charge doesn't really matter that much to God. What matters more is the heart of where his people are. And I think right now, if Jesus were on earth, WWJS, he would say, your belief that Republican elections would save the state of California is an indicator that you don't know what God's plans are for the season. And so we argue about taxes. We have these big arguments about all these different social things. And I think if Jesus were on earth today and we would say, Jesus, are you a strong Second Amendment believer? Yes or no? He would never answer that question. Never. Because he's not going to marginalize himself. What he would do more is then go after our heart. What's the heart behind your question? Why are you asking that? Where's your belief system? Where is your belief in what can protect you and your family? Is it you? Are you in charge of your own life? Or are you trusting God for something? He would push back and it would hurt. And I believe the evangelical leaders of today would hate him passionately for it. I wrote my book, Joseph Comes to Town, with this in mind of what would Jesus do if he were on earth? And if you read that book, you see in the end, today's leaders would crucify him just like they did in the old days. I think that's where we are as a people. So when Jesus was asked about taxes, he said, hey, show me a show me a coin. Show me a Roman coin. There was a picture of Caesar on it. He says, whose picture is that? And they say, well, it's Caesar's. And he says, tell you what, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God's. And then he demonstrated this later with the temple tax. Now, the temple tax was even a more horrible tax because it was a tax on your desire to get right with God. If people came to the temple to, uh, you know, make their relationship right with God, to confess their sins, to pay their tithes, to do all of those things. They had to pay a tax as they were converted into the temple money. They had to take their Roman money, convert it into the temple money. They would get screwed on that. And then they would have to pay a tax on top of that. And it's why Jesus ultimately turned over the tables and was so ticked off. So again, this horribly, ungodly, horrid tax. When Jesus was faced with having to pay it, what did he say? He says, Peter, do I owe this tax? Peter says, no, you're a rabbi. You don't owe that tax. So what did Jesus say? Well, let's get a bunch of people together and let's stage a revolt and let's overturn this tax and overturn this government. It's not what he said. He said, Peter, why don't you go fishing and out of your fishing, God is going to provide the money for this tax. 
He went fishing. There were coins in the mouth of the fish. Miraculously, God provided. And Jesus said this amazing word. So as not to offend, let's just pay the tax. I don't owe it. But so as not to get distracted by something that isn't that important, let's just pay the tax. How many times do Christians in American culture today say, so as not to disrupt our ability to share the gospel, let's let this one go. Let's let's not fight a war over gay marriage, over Supreme Court justices, over building a wall. What if we laid down our weapons and said, we're going to love people instead of hating, letting them think we hate them? Because I hear Christians all the time say, we don't hate them. But, but if you're fighting a political battle against people, they think you do. Okay, I'm kind of preaching a little bit today, but that's a little bit of what this is going to be. WWJS, what would Jesus say? about our feelings about taxes. I think he would say, why don't you trust God more than you trust your political voting ability? Why don't you trust God more than your political party? He he wouldn't say don't be in one, but he would say to the church today, your belief in that as your savior, your belief that if you don't invest fully in arguments on your side of the ledger, that somehow God's purpose is not gonna be carried out in the season, is a moment of you not having eyes to see or ears to hear God's purpose for the season. Because actually God's goal for his people is that we connect our culture to his heart, which is John 3, 17. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through his son, through his presence coming to earth in the flesh to make himself known to us, we would be restored to relationship with him. And I think we've lost that purpose, guys. I think we've lost it. We're so bent on arguing about taxes and immigration and law, Supreme Court justices, gay marriage, abortion, that we no longer have empathy to share God's heart to people we see as, air quote, sinners. And let me tell you, these sinners, I'm hanging out with them and they're saying, Paul, those people are crazy. And if that's who God is, I want no part of it. That's when Jesus comes and turns over tables and says, you've lost your way. Church, let me challenge your heart. I know people get mad at me. Oh, you're not fair, Paul. This week, I I stay away from criticizing the president directly on Facebook because it just gives people a pass to say, yeah, yeah, you're this, that, and the other thing. And I said, okay, I'm going to question what is unquestionably an untruth told by the president. He said, we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. I think he knew all along that Mexico wasn't going to pay for the wall. It was just a really good election issue. And now he's taking funds from military installations, military buildings, uh, a school to be built for military chil- the children of military workers to use to build some parts of, of the wall. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not against our administration doing good stuff in the areas of immigration. I think in, in some ways the, the deal that the president made with Mexico to keep people in Mexico while they're seeking asylum, I think that's, that's a really wise move. I think asking Mexico and working with them to to build a, a more stringent control on Mexico's southern border, really smart. 
I think the idea to be really cruel to asylum seekers that come into America to discourage them from doing it is un-American. I I think our ability to sacrifice to be humane with people is what makes America America. And when we decide we're going to be cruel in order to protect ourselves, I think we've lost it a little bit. And because of all of that, the president saying Mexico's going to pay for the wall, I think it was a lie that he always knew was a lie. I really do. But even if it wasn't a lie that he always knew was a lie, it now has turned out to be an untruth. And so I posted sort of in a funny way, who said this? We're going to build a great wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. And I put a background that had, how can we say it, poop on it, which is one of those backgrounds you can choose on Facebook. And I said, I bet if I post this, Christians are going to jump me for it. They're not going to deal with the content of what I say. They won't actually say, yeah, he may have misspoke there. I said, they're going to come after me. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody coming on, questioning my motive. That's not nonpartisan because now we're at a place where if you question the president, that's a partisan issue. If you ever say the president said this and that wasn't true, now you're accused of being left wing. Because we're at a place to say, if we don't stand in the right place, we will lose our place and lose our country. That's where the Christian church stands today. And I think God is like, I want you to come out of it. I think God has really good plans for our culture in this season. And he's saying to the church of today, I want you to be a part of those plans. All I ask is that you repent of your partisan beliefs and turn to me instead of your partisanship. And right now, the generation at hand is saying, no thanks. It's like, guys, we're on the edge of the Jordan River ready to go into the promised land. The young people are saying, yes, this is going to be amazing. Let's go. And the older people are like, no, no, because that means we would have to change our mode of operand- modus operandi from what we've always done. And I think we're there, church. I think if we say no. Our stringent belief in laws to fix things, our stringent belief in partisanship to fix things, our stringent belief in religious rules to make things right has to be turned over, then we choose to live the way things have always been. We choose to march around the desert again and leave God's plan for the next generation, which would be tragically, tragically sad amazing stuff can happen. And all we have to do is take our partisanship and lay it on the altar and let it die. I think it's a pretty good trade. Could we do it? I don't know. I don't know because one word against President Trump on my board and people who haven't dealt with any of the content I put up have to come in and question my motives. Not deal with the content, question my motives and who I am even though some of these people know who I am. So that may sound a little bit arrogant or whatever, but I'm telling you, it's God's heart in the season. He's holding up a mirror to us and saying, is this who you want to be? Or do you want to be like Christ and sit down with the Samaritan woman at the well, which I believe represents the immigrant, the marginalized, the, the, the drug dealer, the gang leader. Would you be willing to sit down with those guys and love them even if they don't look very lovely. And the evangelical church is saying, of course we wouldn't do that, God. We're law abiders. 
And he's saying, well, then I can't do what I want to do in this season. So I bless you to start to think a little bit differently, to hear what I have to say. And instead of saying, I'm offended at what you say about Christians, Paul, start to say, could there be any truth to this? And if I make that decision, could I see God do something really, really cool in this season? I really believe that's where we are, guys. And I think it's good that we're there. So God, let us lose our religion a little bit and start to trust you. Sorry, that popped up. Let us be willing to lay our religion down and be willing to trust you. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, go partner with us on Patreon here, the Paul and Ashley podcast. Patreon.com slash NPE podcast. Or go to my website, nonpartisan evangelical NPE podcast.com. NPE podcast.com. And I love you for supporting us. You're the best. Leave your con- comments, like, share, send it out. Let everybody know what we're doing. I want to build this community to love on people and be able to tell people it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, or no party preference. God likes you a lot. He's not mad at you. All right. Be blessed. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. This podcast was brought to you by the NPE Podcast at npepodcast.com. Check out all the blogs, podcasts on there. We have a Facebook page, uh, the Nonpartisan Evangelical Facebook page, Twitter feed at NPE Podcast on Twitter, and check it out everywhere on all your social media. Like, comment, share, tell your friends. We'll see you soon.